podcast from Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Hello, good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you're listening. Welcome to Guns and Yellow Ribbons. My name is Fergus. I'm from Arsenal Fans Forum. My name is Mike. I am from Vangers Codesip. And I'm slightly out of breath because I've just run up the stairs. (laughs) 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 Oh, Jesus, I'm getting old. So how are we doing then, Mike? I am well. How about you? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Um, uh, We're uh, snowed in here in Essex. We've got at least, um, there's got to be about two centimetres of snow. Um, And the world came to a standstill yesterday. I think I sent you a, sent you a picture of uh, what the snow was like here. What do you get over there? You, you you probably got about ten foot of it now, haven't you? We we actually had our first snowfall Saturday, all day Saturday, pretty much, and I think we had about maybe eight inches, maybe nine inches, um, which is a normal snowstorm for us. That's not nothing too alarming. Schools don't shut down. Everything functions as expected. Um, it was like a like a scene out of The Walking Dead around here yesterday, uh, not with zombies, with the car just <laughs> across the road. Just people can't fucking drive when snow comes out. Honestly, it's unbelievable. People here can't drive when it snows either, and it baffles me because they, you know, most of them have lived here for a while. I went. We had an event to go to Saturday night, and. I mean, the roads weren't bad. It was. It hasn't been cold enough here, so the the snow was hitting the pavement, and it was essentially turning into slush more than anything. And well, you're they you heat your pavements, don't you? <laughs> the the trucks were out and putting down the sand and and cleaning off the snow. But I got caught behind a a, a man or a woman. I don't know who it was, but they had a Subaru, which is an all-wheel drive vehicle, and. The drive that I went from where I live to where the event was normally will take me about 15 to 18 minutes, and it took me about 40 minutes. This lady was going about 20 miles an hour the whole way, and it was beyond annoying. My wife was like, well, you know, be patient. I'm like, the roads aren't even bad, and this lady has an all-wheel drive vehicle. (laughs) I had the same discussion with my wife yesterday. We're driving on the road near us here, and there's a guy in a London black taxi, and he's driving about 8, 10 mile an hour. And I'm going, fuck's sake. And I went to overtake, (laughs) and my wife is going, don't overtake him. I'm going, you shut the fuck up. I'm driving. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's so frustrating. And I couldn't. I couldn't pass because it was it was all back roads and it was dark and it was you just don't know where the trucks are coming from. So uh, I didn't end up passing it. So I just had to suck it up and drive behind that car. And every turn I took, the car took. It was just I was getting so mad. Yeah. Well, that's the weather forecast on for you, everybody. I know it was very popular last week when we talked about the weather. Uh, so we might make it a regular feature. You never know. Um <laughs> Just uh, to explain, we did have a couple of glitches on last week's pod. Um, we had uh, some gremlin in the internet, which keep on garbled up a couple of bits. But uh, we're both on better microphones, and we've got a better connection today. So hopefully it all goes well. And we have got our special guest as well in the background doing his great Harry Kane impression. So he <laughs> pipe up. We know who it is, Santi, don't we? Yeah, he's sucking on his finger right now. So hopefully he cooperates, but I'm sure he'll have some input throughout the podcast. Yeah, Mike dipped his finger in whiskey, first of all. <laughs> See if he'll take a nap. <laughs> right. Let's look, let's look at this more most important league then, um, the yeah. prediction league. How did you get on, Mike? So neither of us got uh, the Southampton. So I think we should keep it to the Premier League. 
um, in terms of the predictions, oh, but oh, neither. Okay, but we did predict on. The... I did. I I realized that, but I think that we previously hadn't taken predictions on the Europa League. To be honest, uh, you're you're just trying to get away because you've lost yet another point. Because guess who's in front still? No, we both would have got the same amount of points. We both guessed the victory on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, come on. So spill, spill the beans. Give you're still the at. You're still at four. I'm still at a lowly two. Neither of us predicted what happened um, yeah. in Southampton. Yeah. So. Oh yes, So Thursday we played uh, Bati Basarov, that uh, very very big Serbian. T- is a Serbian team? I think yes, they are from Serbia, aren't they? I think they're Belarusian. Um, Belarusian. Okay. My geography isn't great, and it looks like it's <laughs> going to get a bit better because the outskirts of uh, of some. <laughs> outpost in Sweden to watch the next round I know got fortunate there but I was even further afield on Thursday I didn't get to uh, get, go to the game I actually gave my ticket to uh, James Mayer's niece uh, she had my um, my seat as a gift um, I was in the far-flung uh, City called Liverpool, and that's where uh, I didn't even get to see the game. I was at some Christmas drinks. I was in some shitty warehouse with pop-up restaurants and bars with people I didn't really want to be with all the time. Some of them, yeah, some of them not. Some of them listen to this, and I'm in trouble now. Um, <laughs> but but I, I didn't even get near a TV to see the game. So my, my knowledge of it is very limited. I've seen uh, a few highlights, and I've seen the goals. Debussy scoring was good for me uh, from what I saw. Jack had a really, really good game. And we got a new signing. Um, what is it? Is it... Uh, the, the, Theo... <laughs> what? Walcott, I think is his name. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen him before. He's, I know. He's, he's quite good, isn't he? He's been out for quite some time. But he... I'm still... I, I'm still on the fence with him. I don't... He's capable of putting on a, a great performance and then he completely just disappears for a while. He... He had a couple good moments in the game um, against Bate Borisov. Um, he wouldn't have been my positive, uh, which we can discuss a little bit further along. But I think overall the team played well. I think uh, going back to a back four uh, with Maitland Niles holding Chambers and Debushi, who also got himself a goal after uh, I think it's three years since his last goal. Um, yeah, so it was. I think it was against. It, 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 I think it might have even been while he was with Newcastle. Eighty-two days. Well, no, so one thousand and eighty-two days since he uh, since he scored. I don't even remember if it was with Arsenal already or if it was still with Newcastle. To be honest, scored a competitive goal for Arsenal for the first time since uh, December twenty-first, okay. two thousand and fourteen. So he did score. Yeah. Once. Okay. So he. Um, yeah, I mean, Walcott had had some some good moments. I thought it was interesting um, on that first goal. I know that you had you said you had seen the highlights. That first goal could have been a foul against us. It looks like Walcott um, doing his best, which he tends to do all the time. He looks very sloppy at times trying to bring a ball down, and it looks like he brings it down with his arm, gets away from him, and he goes to poke it away uh, defender i can't tell if the defender actually takes him out but eventually the defender actually ends up touching the ball with his arm while he's on the ground and then debushi comes in with a fantastic strike i mean i've watched it over and over and over 
and oh, it's a screamer. I, I mean, I currently still play. I manage. Um, it's very difficult to do what he did with that strike, especially for a right back to be able to hit that the way he did across his body, keep that ball low, and with the power that he had behind it. I was I was quite impressed. Again, coming from a right back, I'm not sure what your thoughts were on it. I just thought it was a screamer. Again, I'd be lying if I said I, I spent spent an awful lot of time looking at it. But uh, yeah, it's good to see the guy score. He has got a he's got one hell of a foot on him anyway. I, I actually rate the guy. Well, I've talked to him about him for the last few weeks. I, I rate the guy, and he ha- there has to be somebody there to challenge um, the long-haired uh, Spaniard because uh, you know he's too comfortable in his position. I think we we had that off. We had that uh, text conversation yesterday during during the game about. Hector and Debushi. So I'd like to see Debushi get a bit more time myself. Yeah, and I think we'll we'll touch on that uh, when we go over the Southampton match. But I, I agree with you. I think that when we signed Debushi, I was pretty excited. Uh, he was he was actually the starter at the time for the French national team. He had he had Sanya as the second uh, fiddle on the French national team. So I mean, I think that says a lot about. You know what he's capable of bringing to the team. He's just, he's just been really unlucky with injuries, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean he got lucky, unlucky with the injuries and the timing of Bellerin hitting the scene. I think Bellerin just kind of took it by storm. But again, well, there's frustrations that I think we both agree on in terms of Bellerin that we'll touch on a little bit later. But going back to the Bate Boris, <laughs> going back to the Bate match. Uh, one thing that I wanted to point out, and I made a note here, is in the 12th minute, there was a cross coming into the box. And notice, and we can share this picture that we're looking at right now on the uh, on our Facebook and Twitter page once we post the podcast. But look how many players we have to aim at in the box. Yeah. 12 minutes Four in. Of them in. Four. Four. Right? We got Maitland-Niles playing across. We got Welbeck. We got Wilshire. We got Giroud. And we got Walcott at the back post. Yeah. One of my big frustrations with Arsenal at times is – we continue, continuously try to be intricate in and around the box, and we don't always put the ball into the box when we can or when we should. And it makes it very easy to defend. And again, we'll touch on it a little bit later because that's something that happened against uh, Southampton. And I and I took a couple of screenshots of that as well just to kind of see the differences. Um, but 12 minutes in, up 1-0, and we have four guys in the box, which, again, doesn't happen very often. Normally, we have one guy in there, or sometimes we don't have any, right? Lacazette will drop off, come out of the yeah. box to, to help uh, you know, put the play together, and then we don't have anyone in the box. We don't have a target, and we find ourselves just playing it side to side. So I think – the, the well, team that, that, was, he... that was yesterday as well. Yes, yes, yesterday again. I know we jumped ahead, but uh, for the first sixty minutes or so, there was never anybody in the box again. Correct, and it was just frustrating because the way they sat so deep, it, it makes it difficult, right? So the fact that you know Bate Borisov was going there to defend. I mean, that was going to be their first option, and they. I think if they had won, they would have made it through to the next round. Um, I believe that was the way yeah, that it would have worked to, out. They had to they win. Had to, had to have a win, yeah, and then he would have yeah. got into the next round. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, even though they knew they had to win, they weren't going to go out and just 
open themselves up from the get-go. Arsenal got that first goal, kind of made it difficult for them, right? Their tactics kind of go out the window. They know they have, they have it. They're up against it already. Now you're down 1-0 early in the match. It just makes it a lot tougher. So I think that also helped Arsenal kind of get up the field. More fans there. Do you think they had more fans than us there? I know the the field, the stadium was empty. I couldn't believe it. It sounded it sounded like a training ground. Uh, you know, the, the atmosphere and everything else that I heard on on a couple of clips I saw. There wasn't much atmosphere there, either. Yeah, it was it was quite disappointing. Um, but again, I think it's you can expect it, right? You have. I think it was a really nice thing. My my uncle was over um, from Canada. And uh, he's a big Peterborough and an Arsenal fan. Uh, he moved from Peterborough, oh, what, 70, 78 or something like that, to Canada. Um, but he loves football. He watches all the TSN stuff and so on. And uh, he tried to get in touch with me while I was in Liverpool to see if I was going to the Arsenal game. And obviously, I wasn't. But uh, he chanced his arm and went up to the stadium. The stadium box office was saying, the game is sold out. No tickets available. You could didn't buy a ticket uh, at the box office. He walked up. Obviously, he's got some charm and wit. I don't know. It must be a family thing. Um, <laughs> actually, he's not. A, he's married into the family. Um, <laughs> so he went up to the box office and said, uh, "Any chance of a ticket?" The lady said, "No, sorry, well, there's no tickets for sale. We're sold out." He said, oh, "I've come all the way from Canada." He said, "Oh, really?" He said, "Yeah. What, what's your name and address?" They wanted to check his name and his address out, obviously to make sure he wasn't a Bate Basarov. Fan, a bate boy, as yeah. they say. <laughs> um, and and uh, they came, she came back and said, "Oh, how old are you?" And he's over seventy. Said, "I've got your ticket, six pound fifty. And he was wow. delighted. I think that was a nice touch by Arsenal, you know. So because Arsenal gets slagged off many a time for not treating fans right, but when a guy's travelled all the way from Canada um, to, to to see football, uh, yeah. including Arsenal and stadiums half full like that for them to sell um, for, for the sell of a ticket I thought was a, a really nice touch Yeah, I agree, I mean, <clears throat> hopefully they're that nice to me when I go over there in January <laughs> yeah, yeah, but It's Bournemouth away isn't it, so we have to hope that West Ham uh, it, we have to hope it's the League Cup semi-final when you get here Yeah, we have to beat West Ham Yes And then figure out but i'm hopeful that they don't change the day of the match if they do hopefully they push it out a day and not pull it back a day it'll be the tuesday or the wednesday but it should see it should be that wednesday which is the day that i get there yeah well we'll do a stadium tour maybe um yeah fixture is and then uh we'll go out on the piss hey yeah for sure so back to the match um yeah that's why we're here. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think the again the overall the the front three between Welbeck, Giroud, Walcott, I think worked well. Uh, I, I'm not going to go through every single goal. I think one that was worth mentioning is Wilshere's goal. I believe it was the third one that he received the pass from Walcott in close quarters. Couple of defenders around him. Nice short touches, finds himself a bit of space, left-footed strike across his body. I mean, he gets fortunate, goes to the defender's legs, but he found the top corner. I think that may have been his best performance uh, since he returned to Arsenal. I know that he's had a couple of of 
good shifts that he's put in uh, since he came back into the squad. But he overall, he just looked – you could tell he looked a lot more comfortable, a lot he's more confident. Now, isn't he? He's fighting fit. He's, he, you know, he's, he looks like he should be in the first team. Yeah, and the thing that I think he would already be if we didn't have the whole – AOL uh, discussion, right? But at this point, I think it's time to maybe cut our losses with one of them and put Jack into that squad. But I think as well, given Ramsey's potential injury from yesterday, he that may yeah, be an opportunity. Hamstring at the end, didn't he? Yeah, it doesn't didn't look too good. He was he was really struggling. He couldn't he could barely move. Uh, I think keeping him on may have done more damage than... But we'd we... made all three subs by that stage, I think, hadn't we? Correct. But I think that given the injury and the fact that he literally could not move, I think you just suck it up and play with 10, right? Or you yeah. run the risk of, of making things worse, right? Because he's not yeah, going to... you've got a major man on the pitch, he's... he's... Correct. <laughs> he's a liability, isn't he? Then? And he's not going to just stand there. So they... They essentially moved him up. I don't know if you noticed, but they they moved him further up the pitch, and Giroud was then covering back um, into that midfield role um, when Southampton kind of got down the field. But then at the end, he had the opportunity to flick the ball on in the box. So he obviously had to move to get there, and I'm just fearful that keeping him on may have added some extra time to a potential um, injury absence. Yeah. So hopefully uh, he's um, he's not too badly injured. What's your um, match positives and uh, match negatives then from the Bate Bosseroff? So I didn't really have a negative. I thought overall the team played well. Um, it's unfortunate that we got to see Chambers and Holding and they weren't really tested. Um, because That's again, for our back four, isn't it? Especially again, looking at yesterday's performance, we need to do something with our defence, and that's got to be the future. Yeah, and the two of them will come up in the discussion in our chat about the Southampton match. But it was unfortunate that they didn't get tested more, just to kind of see, you know, what they could bring to the table. Obviously, we've seen them in different scenarios. Chambers was at Middlesbrough before Holdings had his stints within the first team. Um, but we don't get to see them play together. His confidence was a bit shot, wasn't it, after a few early performances this season? Correct. So um, I would probably say if I had to pick a negative, that would be my negative, not being able to really see them put to the test. Uh, my positive, I, I feel like Wilshire's is maybe an easy choice, but I'm actually going to go with Elneny. <laughs> I'm going to go with Elneny. I'm going for the easy one. Yeah, I'm going to go with Elneny. I think he he's another one of those players that we've discussed in the past. He you know, he's, he plays in that role where if he plays well, it in a sense goes unnoticed. And if he plays bad, everyone's all over him, right? We've discussed it before with Shaka and Coquelin and the various people that can play in that role. He's a guy that's not flashy. He's not world-class, but if you watch him play... He does the job he's meant to do, which is a holding midfielder, unlike the aforementioned Shaka, who never does a holding midfield role. Uh, But that's not even his natural position, right? Like, we're asking Shaka to do something that he's not naturally... True set out to do right he's not a defensive midfielder he's more of a a box-to-box type of guy that he can he can get the team forward but he's not a guy that you need to cover lots of ground to make those challenges yes he can make them he made one against Southampton that 
may have saved us a goal. Um, yeah. Southampton broke on the counterattack, but he's not that guy, right? And we're asking him to do something that he's not. We have two holding midfielders in our team, which is Elneny and Coquelin. And given the way some players are playing, it's tough to be able to put them in and keep, you know, Shaka on the bench because we paid 34 million pounds for him. So, yeah. It gets Sometimes tough. the more you pay for them, does that mean you have to play them? For Correct. example, Sanchez, why doesn't he get dropped sometimes? Ozil, why does he get dropped sometimes? Absolutely. And it just seems to be the price tag dictates where they'll be in the starting eleven. Unfortunately, that's the way it that's the way it works. I mean, I feel like that's the way it works in in most professional sports, right? You can't have a player. I, I think maybe City is maybe one of the, one of the ones that is able to get away with it, right? I mean, City featured a, a starting eleven yesterday with a player like Aguero on the bench, and they started Gabriel Jesus. So we don't. There's not many teams in the world in the professional sports um, that can do something like that. You know, you pay that much money for someone. More often than not, they're going to have to start unless they're hurt or they're really, really hurting the team and. Again, Shaka has his moments, and Elneny, I think, showed on Thursday what he's capable of. Again, he can cover a lot of ground. He can pick a pass. He keeps it simple, and it's unfortunate that he doesn't get the credit that he deserves when he deserves it, and everyone's really quick to oh, judge him when oh, he plays. Oh. <laughs> oh, you heard that? Yeah. <laughs> See, do you like my Americanums? <laughs> too much of the wire, haven't I? <laughs> yeah, that's that. <laughs> so that's my that's my positive, and I'm gonna even tweet to El Nenny because I think he deserves the credit when credits due, and no one gives it to him. So, and he got a nice do, ball at do, the end. Do from guns and yellow guns and yellow ribbons, yeah. I, I will. Well, and my, my yeah. match positive, Christ, I can't even speak. My match positive was, as I said, Jack and the overall performance. My negative, I didn't see much of the game, but my negative is just the level of teams that we get in the Europa League. You know, this is like, it's like some of the international, you know, where we play San Marino and stuff like that. Bate Basarov, Jesus Christ, they shouldn't have been in there. And what about this new team that we're going to play in the next round, which is Osasuns, is it? Is that how you pronounce it? Osterons or something like that. They're yeah. a Swedish team. They uh, thirty days after Arsene Wenger joined Arsenal. Correct. So Arsene Arsene Wenger's been at Arsenal longer than the club has been in existence. It, they basically merged. I believe it was three teams in that city um, during that time. So it was Osterons. They were formed on the thirty first of October, nineteen ninety six. Um, they're actually rated the lowest coefficient in the Europa League of all the teams in it still. So Arsenal's ranked unlike third. Get a, uh, unlike us to get a... I know. Arsenal's, Arsenal's ranked third, and these guys, these guys are last. So um, it'll be interesting to see how things play out. But I think in terms of the, the level of who's competitiveness... Ranked, who's ranked ahead of us then? That's what I was trying to figure out. I mean, from the, I would probably say Napoli and Dortmund since they came from Champions yeah, League. Yeah, from Champions League, yeah. Yeah. Um, but just a quick note on Bate Borisov and the level of competitiveness. If we put that team in the Premier League, um, I would probably say they're fighting for relegation, right? Now, that's Arsenal. It, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they wouldn't make it in the championship. You don't think so? I think if. No. I think they would compete in the championship. I don't 
think they're good enough for the Premier League, but say we put them in the Premier League, they're fighting for relegation. Okay, Arsenal fielded a team that had some first team regulars and then had some not non regulars. Right, the back four was essentially all new. Yeah. Um, Jack Wilshere hasn't featured much in the Premier League. El Nenny has had his ins and outs. Um, obviously, Walcott's been out for a while. Giroud hasn't started a Premier League match yet. Welbeck's coming back from injury. Oh, fire department's going by. Um, I didn't do five. Oh, I knew that one. Steve. I, do <laughs> Chicago, I do Chicago fire as well. You see, <laughs> you're you're getting uh, educated. I see. <laughs> um, so if you take that team, right, put them in the Premier League, Arsenal fielded a squad that's far from their strongest, and they completely battered these guys. What? is it that doesn't allow us to do that to the teams that are in the relegation battle today, right? Because I think this team... I, I think your football, Premier League football, it, 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 it's, it's different. It's different, it's faster, it's far more physical. Um, and just the way, the way football is played, it's almost like two different sports. Yeah, but it just... It, it made me think, like, what? How are we able to field such a team that isn't close to what our strongest eleven may be, and put on such a good performance? Right? We've had, we've mixed and matched the teams throughout the Europa League group stage, and we've looked terrible. Right? At home against Red Star, um, away to Cologne, we weren't our our best. But on Thursday, we we looked great. And I think there was a. There was a, a good balance between youth and experience. Yeah, and was, but that's what I did like about when looking at the lineup because you had the likes of Giroud, Walcott, and Wilshire in there, uh, Spina. Um, I thought it was good to have the mixture, and it's, it, it's almost like keeping a second team uh, fit and ready. So, if for example Rambo is out for a few games, somebody can easily just step up into into his position, and there. Uh, match fit because they're playing competitively in the Europa League, uh, soon the FA Cup, and also in the Caribbean Cup as well. So I think it's been good that with the way we've type of had our first eleven for the Premier League, and then our other eleven and rotated a few other youth players into that as well to give them a bit of run out as well. Do you agree? Or yeah, I like the fact that we have the depth to be able to mix and match them. I think as we get further into the Europa League, um, that may become a bit more difficult, I, depending That's on the, the opposition. opposition obviously. Yeah, yeah. But I yeah. think in this first round, we absolutely can field a similar team to what we did on Thursday. Um, but as Jay, our friend Jay, posted a comment on our Facebook page, he said that you know we should go away and make sure that we get the right result instead of putting ourselves under pressure and um, having to come home and, and really fight for a result, which I can agree. But I also think that the team that we had out there Thursday is capable or should be capable of going away to this Swedish Sweden. team. And That's Sweden. <laughs> yeah. But my also, my concern it will also be 
the I'm not sure what the atmosphere will be like there. Um, I know that I I saw on it's social media that, that that the pitch, the size of the stadium is smaller, so it could be one of those atmospheres that you know, for some of the younger guys, for some of the less experienced guys, might you know make their legs shake a little bit. So uh, I don't think so. Look how well they they like Red Star Belgrade is not the easiest place to go to, and they true. they don't they done well there, didn't they? So. But I'm, but I mean, at that we also had someone like Per Mertesacker who has a little bit more experience in that back line, playing. I mean, Debussy obviously has experience, but Chambers and Holding don't. Maitland Niles doesn't. So if things, if we start flat like we did on uh, yesterday, you know, things could go bad quickly. Even though we have the second, the return leg at home. Um, I'm just curious to see how Arsene Wenger plays that out. Obviously, they're going to do their homework on this opposition, but it will be interesting to see if they take into consideration the atmosphere um, and what, obviously, this team is capable of. I think the only thing that they've ever won was the – I think they won the Swedish Cup last year. But apart from that, they seem like – well, they were in tier four. Uh, they were in tier four in 2011. So they've gone tier four, tier three, three years in tier two, and now they're in tier one. Um, uh, they're looking at their 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 team. Uh, they've got um, an English guy in their starting eleven, and they've got an, uh, another English guy um, in the. Well, they've got two English guys in their squad. A forward called Jamie Hopcut. Don't know don't know him, and a midfielder called Curtis. Edwards, uh, but the majority of their starting eleven are Swedish, 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 Swedish. It's a very homegrown team, and then when you look at, uh, they have got a splattering from around the world um, on on some of the squad players. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely a very homegrown homegrown squad. And they have just to finish on this note, the Europa League match is they have nothing to lose, right? They're if anything, this is a this is a payday for them, right? They got a club like Arsenal coming to their stadium. I would be surprised if, depending on the size of their stadium, if they didn't play at a neutral stadium to allow them for a better income, um, considering Arsenal's coming to town. So, again, they have nothing to lose. All the pressures are on Arsenal. Um, that in itself can sometimes uh, – cause lots of problems because now you go into it knowing that everyone's expecting you to smash this team and anything can go wrong right so again it'll be interesting to see how it plays out hopefully we will be in the final i don't know where the final is this year but i think that given it's in in leon i believe i think the champions league is in kiev right yeah leon leon rings a bell because i was thinking "Mm, i might be able to drive down there Um, so it'll be interesting to see again, how, how it plays out. But I think given the teams that are in there now, Arsenal's very much capable of, of getting to the final if they play their cards, right. And round of 32, round of 16 quarter semis and final. So yeah, we're, we're five games. Is that five games? So, uh, yeah, uh, five games away from a final. Um, we should, I think, we should, and I know it's a bit counting our chickens a little bit. Uh, you would automatically think it's a buy into the next round with the opposition we, we've been drawn against. Um, you can't underestimate, underestimate anybody, but you would automatically think it's a buy. Um, I think we should expect to get to at least the semi finals in this competition. And I'd like to think uh, if the draw goes in our favour, uh, that we get to the final. 
Yeah, I agree. And just to confirm, the final is at uh, Lyon Stadium. See, I know my shit. <laughs> Maybe you can. Uh, you better start adding up those brownie points so you can take the drive over there if we make it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's right. enough of uh, Europa League chat. Let's get yeah. to the uh, meat and potatoes the main here. Event. Yeah, the main <laughs> event. Arsenal to Southampton. A lot what of people think. Uh, a lot, a lot of tickets come up available late because uh, the inclement weather. Um, I know there was a few guys who listen uh, to this were down there. I don't know if Dave Hurl was uh, down there, but uh, he deserves a shout out because uh, some good feedback uh, on last week's pod from him. Um, and Danny Wilkins and some of the other guys were down there. Um, Arsenal, uh, Southampton, Southampton, Arsenal. Mm, it wasn't Per's finest day, was it? Oh my God! Don't even get me started on him. I got plenty to talk about when it comes to him. I'll tell you what: if he was a horse, they would have just pulled the cover around him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm on the fence with him. He, I, I like him from a personality standpoint. I like him from an experience standpoint, and I like him in certain matches. There's certain matchups that he works well in. Um, but again, it doesn't look match fit at the minute. He looks, uh, he looks like an old man. He does, and he, I mean, he's ne- he was never the quickest, right? His his it was his brain, pos- not his feet. Correct, and his his strengths are being able to anticipate. His strengths are being able to be in the right position before you even get there. And the fact that he's got such long legs, he's able to poke the ball away more often than not, um, even though he's slow. I don't – I mean we did the same thing against Chelsea in the the FA Cup final. I think the problem was is that he wasn't in the positions that he should have been in, and he put himself in bad positions. If you look at that first goal – it came off of – so Southampton cleared the ball up the field, and I believe it was Charlie Austin who was offside. He basically gave up on the play, and Murtisaka turns around and realizes that he's just kind of jogging back. He's not going to make an attempt at the play, but there's a player on Murtisaka's right shoulder who then tries to attack the ball. Murtisaka has maybe 10 yards on him. But when he realizes that he's on his back, Peter Cech's already anticipated that and has to come out and clear that ball. Again, mentally turns off. This is your captain. This is a guy that played for the German national team. This is a guy that has probably the most experience, has won the most things in our team. And he just turned off two minutes into the game. Okay, Peter Cech clears that ball out for a throw-in. That's when they score off. If they take the throw, ball comes to Murtisacker again. May, I believe it was uh, Tadic who was next to him, but Tadic is a good five yards from him. Doesn't really put pressure on him, to be honest. Murder Soccer has the time to actually put the ball down and then get rid of it if he chose to. Instead, he forced the issue, cleared it terribly. Ball gets played back to Tadic, and then Murtisacker falls, like trips on his feet or something. I don't know what the hell happened. And allowed Tadic to to play Charlie Austin. And and just another note on that goal that I noticed was as the play sort of unfolded, Monreal tracked back, but Monreal went to the wrong guy. Monreal went towards uh, Tadic, who was already getting defended by... Koscielny, so there's no need for him to go there, right? Koscielny's already standing his ground. Why are you going there? He let Charlie Austin run off of him, and then by the time that pass was made, Monreal was a good two, three steps behind him. So I think if Monreal goes to 
Charlie Austin straight away, maybe it makes things more difficult for Charlie Austin. Instead, I've, I've made a note here that Nacho, Nacho was left trailing after. Yeah, he he attacked he attacked the ball instead of getting the runner. Cassiani had then stood he, him up, and when he they, did catch up on Charlie Austin. He then went to push him in the back. Did you see that? Yeah, because he was two three steps behind him already. It's yeah. too late at that point, right? And I think the. What made the big problem was he, instead of going straight to Charlie Austin and allowing Cassiani to stand up Tadic, he went to the ball when he shouldn't have gone to the ball, which allowed Charlie Austin to run off of the back of him. And by that time, he was, like I said, two, three steps off of it. It was too late. There's nothing Czech can do there. It, it essentially comes down to it. Go ahead. And then two, two minutes later, he's out of the game. Correct. And, and it, it came from a stupid – uh, giveaway and murder soccer gets caught flat footed. I mean, if you watch it back, he comes out, he's a good 40, 40 yards from goal, got caught out. There was pressure on the ball. He literally got caught flat footed. They played a through ball. Charlie Austin was in and Cassiani fortunately came across the box to make it a little bit more difficult. And check got down well, um, and was able to make the save without giving up a rebound. But, just those opening four or five minutes, you could tell it wasn't going to be a good day at the back. And it- no, and even eight minutes in, um, uh, Austin hits the bar when he. I, I thought he was. It, it was. It was deemed offside, but he hits the bar. And again, again, defensive errors in the fact that I thought uh, our friend, the long-haired uh, lover from Barcelona. Um, uh, Hector Bellerin, I thought he was too far up the pitch again. You know, trying to play striker and left left all that space on that side of the pitch. Um, I think Tadic put the ball across to him, and and uh, Charlie Austin hit the hit the bar. Yeah, yeah, he hit the left hand post again. He was off sides, and and I have a like I mentioned before, I have a group chat with a, a bunch of my friends who are not Arsenal supporters. So looking at the. I had I'd have I took Can I a just glance. Clarify, you don't have any um, <clears throat> scum in there, do you? Uh, I know two of them, but they're not on the group chat. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I. I happen to glance at it real quick, and again, I normally try not to, just because I get frustrated. And I'm not able to watch the match properly. But they, one of them, Man United fan, was like, "Oh, it should already be three or four zero. And I wanted to respond like, "Well, how should it be three or four zero? Right? Check made the save. That play that Charlie Austin had was offside. So, like, in, fa- in fairness, um, one of my friends, Gary Wilkins, came into the pub, and he said, uh, "Oh, he missed the very first five ten minutes." And I said, "Mate, we could be four net four nil down already." So I'd actually agree with the man. Uh, I think we could have nailed down after after about ten minutes. I mean, they pressured us well, but I mean, again, if it's offside, it's offside. Right? If you score a goal, that's offside. It was offside. It wouldn't have counted. Right? I understand that they pressured yeah, yeah. us and they should have been in the lead, um, but all these different scenarios play into what the outcome of the match is, right? So if he wasn't offside, hit the post, that ends up being at a throw-in, which then turns you know, changes the events that are going to be coming up after that. But I mean, I agree. The first 10 minutes, we looked absolutely shattered. It, which Another first, shot, first shot on goal until 16 minutes, but like I said. Yeah, or 16, yeah, when he had the the play, somebody played the ball in Giroud. Uh, Rambo, Rambo headed it. Into yeah, and then he took the ball out of the air, which I thought I made a note was pretty impressive the way he was able to bring that down with two defenders on him, he lifted it over Van Dyke's foot and still got the shot off. Uh, unfortunately, it went straight at Forster, but um, again, 
I feel like he plays um, plays the game of his life every time he plays against us. <laughs> every keeper plays the game of their life. Fucking the pisses. Oh, pisses <laughs> me off. Um, you know, Pickford last season when he was at Sunderland, game of his life. They all yep. have a game of their life. It's, it's, it's typical Arsenal. Sorry. Yeah, and in that in that first half, the only other note that I had was the pass from Bellerin across the box to Ramsey, who came in and had that nice strike uh, down low. Yep. Yeah, from outside and, the box, it was just outside the, the box here. I, I've noted that. The only other note I had was Yoshida's tackle on Lacazette. Yeah, that was another one. I, I looked at it. <laughs> See, I don't – I disagree. I think it's he doesn't he doesn't impede the shot right so Lacazette takes the shot and then he comes in after the fact so I watched again on uh, watched it again on match of the day a couple of times and there's a comment by the commentator on there uh, he says if that tackle was made anywhere else on the pitch it's a foul it's a foul it's a free kick. correct therefore it's a penalty. Yeah, and I actually watched the, the extended highlights from uh, Match of the Day as well, and I remember hearing that comment as well. Again, it's uh, – it, I feel like in the box, the circumstances are different. I think that there's a lot of fouls and that are called outside in the regular area of play that are never going to be called inside the box. That's just something it's, that it's we – It's wrong though, isn't it? It is I wrong know, we, we, we because rules are rules, right? There's yeah. – it, yep. it's, a, it's a foul in the middle of the field. It should be a foul anywhere else. I don't care where the hell it is. But unfortunately, that's not the way it is. Right? There's there's little stupid cynical fouls that the refs will call at midfield that they wouldn't even think about calling in the box, which, again, I think is wrong. But on that specific play, he plays the ball across. He gets his shot off, and then Yoshida's momentum takes him through him. I personally wouldn't – I didn't even think about it being a penalty, to be honest with you. I know that I saw someone on social media posted, oh, well, we, if we had gotten the penalty that we should have, and I didn't even remember it, to be honest. And I, I went back and forth with them, and like, what play? And they were like, well, the play that should have been a penalty. I'm like, okay, well, tell me what play, because I clearly am not understanding what play you're referring to. And they didn't end up mentioning it, but I ended up watching the highlights again. And that's the only one that I can we think of. We need to point out we do actually watch the real games as well. We just do the highlights just to correct. <laughs> yeah, I don't. <laughs> All we do is watch extended highlights. No, I don't. I don't miss a match. <laughs> Literally, do not miss a match. I watch every single one twice. So, <laughs> so we go into the second half. Um, I I can see some of your notes are similar to what I have. I had um, Rambo shot pass um, and Laka shot uh, shot shot as well. I'm trying to remember what that was. I think that might have been the the, the powerful shot from outside the box we talked about before. Yeah, in the first that was. Yeah. Um, I believe that was in like the 42nd minute or so. That was close to the end of the half. But yeah, my yeah. my first note in that second half was uh, Romeo's strike off the crossbar. It hits the top of the crossbar. It looks like Peter Cech pulls his arm around, uh, pulls his arm away. Yeah, I've got Cech pulls out pulls out the, uh, the save. But the ball also hits the top of the crossbar. So I mean, he's a big keeper. He's got experience. I'm I'm assuming that he is taking the chance of knowing that that's that's not most on frame most i agree i agree that he probably would have pushed it over but 
again, it hit the top of the crossbar. I could see if it hit the center of the crossbar or the bottom of the crossbar, but it, it skimmed the top of the crossbar. So for someone of his experience, I'm not too upset at the fact that he did that. Again, if it hits the crossbar and comes back, if it hits the bottom of the crossbar and bounces in, then it's a whole other discussion, right? But the fact that it skimmed the top of the crossbar, that ball was always rising, um, leads me to believe that he was fairly comfortable enough to know that the way the trajectory of the ball was going and it was continuously rising, that it wasn't actually going to hit the frame. And if it did, it was going to be um, and what, the top side of it. Of Shaka not moving his arse when that uh, Bertrand Tadic move, you know, where, they, where they sh- uh, Bertrand should have scored. Um, Tadic took the ball away from Shaka. Shaka didn't even, he didn't even come to the player. He just stood there looking at him. Yeah, I have a note on that. But just to go back on the Romeo shot, he picks the ball up outside of the box and Murtisacker doesn't come out to close him down. He leaves about eight yards between him and Romeo and he puts his arms by his side. He just stood there like a fucking tree, which he does all the time. And it drives me mad. And I forgot to mention in the first half, Shaka came back and made a tackle ball bounced and the ball ended up on the sideline and Charlie Austin picks it up, and he is now essentially one-on-one with Murtisacker. Murtisacker should have come outside of the box to close him down. Instead, yeah. Murtisacker stood in the fucking box and let Austin run into the box without any pressure. And he ended up – I think he crossed it or he shot it, and it didn't end up coming of anything. But it, again, it just goes to show how much of a liability Murtisacker is in games like that. He literally let him run 15 yards from the sideline to inside the box because he knows if he comes out to – close him down outside of the box he gets absolutely skinned and leaves us with maybe one defender in the box that to me is a huge red flag to show that there's no reason why he should be or should have been in that match no i don't think he should and and, and to be honest i would have hooked him off at half time i would have uh, had Wellbeck or jack on earlier uh, for him um, I, I know he got substituted at the 64th minute which for me was way way too long he just wasn't match fit he wasn't ready no and then going back on the, the play that you were referring to when Bertrand should have made it 2-0 um, my note was more towards Cassiani he we're in our final third ball came out to Cassiani he doesn't have much pressure on him and he chips it through a bunch of defenders gives it away cheaply to Bertrand who then plays it long Cassiani tracks back and instead of heading the ball either back up the field or out to the sideline he heads it into the middle of the pitch where I believe Charlie Austin was um and it turns into a huge scuffle. The ball, or yeah, then the ball ends up with Charlie Austin out wide, where I can't remember who went and closed him down, um, or it was Bellerin went wide, closed him down, and then Cassiani gets up with no urgency, gets up real slow, looks over his shoulder, sees Bertrand. By that time, he's already a step, step and a half behind. Ball gets played into Bertrand. Cassiani's now behind him. Let's him get away, and fortunately, he puts that wide. But just seeing that play unfold, the way he headed it back into trouble, the way he went down, the way he took so long to get up, and then realized, oh shit, there's a player here. It's like, what? do you guys not realize that there's another team on the pitch that wants to fucking win the game? Or did you think it was just you know this one guy, and he's going to try to do everything by himself? Like, what the hell's going on? 
I think we're much better though in the second half. Like overall, I think we had sixty-seven percent possession of the game. I know possession doesn't mean anything unless you just put it in the back of the net. We've had we had eleven shots uh, on goal, six of which were on on target. Um, versus Southampton, they only had six shots uh, uh, on goal. Yeah, there. I don't know. Fire trucks everywhere. I think just to reiterate what you said, I think the second half we were better, but we didn't do anything with our offense. If you look at, again, we can share the screenshot um, on the page. Or, no, this one here. Um, look at the setup, right? Southampton has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven players nearly behind the ball, right? Charlie Austin. No, Charlie Austin's really got okay. a level with the ball, yeah. All right, and this is when Giroud had just come on. Look at the difference from what I had mentioned before. Right? Look how we got well back in the box, and Giroud's not in the box yet. But look how they're set up. There's no way that we're going to be able to make our short passes or intricate passes and get this ball into the box. This is no. when we need to put the ball in the box. That's why we got Giroud. Put the ball in the box and – get the lucky bounce, hope for, you know, a, a, a header on it. And that's what eventually ended up coming of it. But this is a perfect illustration of how stubborn we are at times. And for the entire second half, some of the first half, we literally moved it side to side, side to side, side to side, and did nothing with it. And then eventually when we scored the goal, now look how many people are in the yeah, box. You got three, four in the box. Okay. Yeah. There's more to aim at. There's more of a chance, right? Somebody's going to get ahead on it. Someone's going to cause some problems. Someone's going to get a lucky bounce. Fortunately, Giroud got in there. But again, we need to play to our strengths sometimes, and we don't. And we spent the entire second half just moving the ball around, moving the ball around. And for Southampton, it's easy to defend. You don't give them space in behind, you know, the likelihood of them picking that pass is going to be tough because it's got to be perfect. You know, there's only about 10, 15 yards between you and your keeper. Forster comes off his line. He can clean up anything that gets played in behind. It makes yeah. it difficult. It's easy to defend because everything's in front of you at this point. Anything that gets played behind you, you're, you know, it's either going to be perfect or your keeper cleans it up. And I'm just annoyed that it took us so long to go to this strategy when it should have been as soon as Giroud came on, we should have just been putting the ball into the box, putting the ball into the box, and we'll get something out of it. And, and at this point, it was too late. Starting more games because, like, you know, there are certain games that are suited for Giroud. We had a text conversation beforehand. And uh, uh, this is on Sunday with the game. You even said that uh, Giroud should start this game. and said it's a game for Giroud. Yeah, it's, it's a game that you know Southampton's going to sit deep, play on the counterattack at home. And he's a guy that he's going to give you the target. He's going to attract defenders. Um, he may have taken Virgil van Dyke out of the game for us because he's yeah. their physical guy. He's going to follow Giroud wherever he goes. And that's going to open up space for guys like maybe Lacazette, maybe for Ozil, um, maybe for Ramsey, who I thought was, I thought was great. Another good game. Yeah. Ozil played well again. And yeah. it just, like you said, I think at halftime the change that he made for Murder Soccer should have happened sooner. I yes. think that would have that would have changed things a lot, and we we essentially Agreed. wasted 25 minutes with that Agreed. change. Agreed. And brought Jack on at 69, and Giroud didn't come on until the 72nd minute. Again, yeah, too late. We, we could have won this game if we had him on earlier. But I did like he, he um, came off the bench, and that's his eighth headed goal this season. Um, and I, 
I liked, did you see at the back, uh, the, the way he pointed to his name on the back and like, read my name, I'm still yeah. Giroud. I thought, yeah, that, I think it was giving a message to, to the people, uh, you know. He's not go. He's not gone yet. Yeah, a lot of people write him off again. We've had this discussion before. He's not flashy. He's not pacey. He's but he's going to get the job like done. Chicken. And again, he came in desperation, and he got the job done. And and people are quick to give him shit and quick to knock him off. But listen, when we need him, more often than not, he shows up. And, yeah. and he loved, he's, he's a fan's favourite. He loves the fans. Always comes down to the North Bank and applauds the North Bank when he's warming up, um, as as does Jack as well. So 32 away goals so far this year, we've conceded. Yeah, it's, um, only, it's quite alarming. Only West Ham and Watford have conceded more away goals than Arsenal this season. As well. yeah, and coincidentally, we play West Ham on... <laughs> Wednesday. You know what? It's like we nearly planned this stuff. It's just seamless. We got into the West Ham game. It's we're good. <laughs> but before we do that, what was your uh, positive and negative from Saturday or Sunday? Uh, positive. Um, we got a point on a nasty, nasty, cold Sunday. You know. Um, and my negative is why do we always struggle with early kickoffs? Yeah, I know that's been a topic of discussion in years past. I don't know what the hell it is. I don't know if they don't get up, they don't go to bed early enough. I don't know what the hell's going on. But I can, I can understand the atmosphere at the the Emirates if it's at like a twelve thirty kickoff and so on, because uh, the, uh, the fans haven't had enough beer yet and stuff like that. But <laughs> although we did we did turn up for the Tottenham game, that was an early kickoff. Yeah, uh, but I mean that's one of those matches where you're you're self motivated, right? If you can't get up yeah. for that one, then there's a problem. But it's these matches where, you know, people talk about, you know, the manager has to get the team up for it. But I, I'm kind of on the side of yes and no, right? Yes, the manager has to motivate you and put you in the right mindset. But you're a professional athlete. You know what you need to bring to the table. You know what your responsibilities are. If you can't motivate yourself for any match, then maybe you don't deserve to be at the club, especially a club like Arsenal, right? If you feel. <laughs> yeah, he's one of them. Um, well, 140 grand a week should give you any sort of motivation. I know. Yeah, well, motivation to go buy nice things and change your fucking hairstyle every other week. <laughs> um, my positive will be I had Czech, Lacazette, and Ramsey. Um, Czech, again, he's one of those guys that, that people are quick to criticize, and I think Czech he came off. Game. Yeah, he made a couple of saves. He came off his line when Murder Soccer sucked um <clears throat> Lacazette again I think he played well one thing that I do want to mention with Lacazette is if you watch the match back he makes so many runs off the ball that he gets ignored it's painful to watch sometimes I mean just the runs that he makes the movement that he makes the space that he opens up obviously he's not going to get the ball every time but if we start hitting those passes to him I think he's going to score lots of goals, and I think maybe someone like Jack Wilshere coming into that role will feed him that pass because he Jack Wilshere did it on Thursday against Bate Barzov. He he had maybe three or four passes that essentially ripped the back line open um, from 40 yards out, and I think that if he plays in that team, gets used to the movements of Lacazette, I think he could he could really cause problems for defenders. So that was one of my positives. And Ramsey, I think he played another, another great game. 
Again, he's um, an awful lot of criticism, but I think he's having a great season. Yeah, and it's uh, ironic that at the beginning of the match, the commentators talked about how he had been playing well and he had been injury-free, and then come at the end of the match, he ends up getting injured, which... Have you have you heard anything uh, anything from Wenger about this? Has, have we got any injury news? <laughs> on him? I, haven't, I haven't seen anything, which... I guess normally they say no news is good news, but this one makes me a bit nervous because, again, seeing how he pulled up, it's I'd be willing to 100% bet that it's a, a hamstring injury. And seeing how he wasn't able to move very well um, concerns me even more. And I actually had done my hamstring over the summer and – Obviously, I don't have the resources that they have in terms of medical staff and whatnot, but I had to stop for about two months. So I'd be willing to bet that he's probably going to be out for at least a month. And I'm hopeful that the fact that they kept him on and he was continuously trying to run didn't prolong his injury because he's been – He's essentially been our motor in the midfield. And only positive out of that, it might give uh, an opportunity for Jack to get in 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 the game. Yeah, although I think he should get in it another way, and we'll we'll talk about that on our discussion a little bit later. But my negative was murder soccer. Um, yes, dreadful. Yeah, I don't think there's much else that needs to be said about that. And Alexis was another one. I think I read something. I want to be there. I think I read a stat that he had in the last two games between the Manchester United match and Sunday, he's given the ball away something like. 68 times or 70 times which I thought he'd give it away uh, was it 24 25 times against Southampton and it was 33 34 yeah, something uh, something like that but it's just it's painful to see I mean this you just watch him fucking uh, moans at all the other players yeah and I mean people are like well you know you got to keep him on the field and I, I'm I'm on the fence with that as well I'm one of those people that say right you don't take your best player off because in a moment any instance he can create something, right? Someone like Cristiano Ronaldo, someone like Messi, you don't take them off because any moment of the game, they can change, right? They can make one play that's going to affect the outcome of the match. And I'm I'm of that opinion, but in this case, I'm starting to just really get frustrated because it just doesn't it just doesn't seem like he's genuinely into it anymore. He, you watch him off the ball, you watch him on the ball. In the past, he was just really passionate. He would lose it. He would run back. He would put everything into it. And now he makes a pass and kind of just he's static. He doesn't move. He doesn't make a run. He doesn't put in the effort that he used to and that he got us used to, uh, which to me is a red flag. And to be honest, I think that it's not going to happen. But I think he should have came off yesterday. I think um, we would have been better suited with either going with two up top, Giroud and uh, Lacazette. Or Lacazette has the ability to play out wide. You can play in a front three. You have Welbeck, Giroud, Lacazette in that front three. Um, You have strength. You have power. You have have goals. but again, he's not going to take him off. It, com- it Not only does it go back to his name, but it goes back to our previous discussion about the money that he's making and the price tag that he came with. And it might be trying to convince him to stay and all this sort of stuff. But you know what? If he doesn't want to be here, I, I'm off the off the opinion. I know it seems silly to lose him. Um, 
I'd, I'd let him go. I'd let him go. Yeah, I, th- I think in January they got to let him go, and all all things point to Ozil probably renewing. So I think yeah, they I'm hearing to- I'm hearing I'm hearing a lot of noise about that that he's uh, he's signing a new contract. Um, yeah, so I think we need focus. to focus on that now and and cut our losses with a with Alexis. Get what we can for him. Bring in someone hopefully that can um, make the difference for us. Yeah. Because he he right now I think he's hurting us more than he is helping us. Although he'll get the occasional goal, although he'll get the occasional assist. Um, as a whole, it seems like maybe the team as well is losing confidence in him, which doesn't help on the pitch and off the pitch as well. Yeah, you can you can see it's not 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 all happy in the in the Arsenal camp. Correct. So Wednesday night um, we travel to the London Stadium. I was in that stadium before uh, for the Olympics. I, I got to see Hussein Bolt and uh, some of the other superstars um, perform at the Olympics. And I was also in there for the Paralympic events, which was really good. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to go to, uh, to to watch football in the stadium and see if it's uh, as shit as all the West Ham uh, fans. <laughs> How far is it? How far? I know that you're going to the match. So I have We'll have some good input from you on the next podcast. But how far is it from you? Oh, uh, to be honest, I'll drink in my local pub beforehand. It's that, it's that close because you can't really drink around there. Um, 20 minutes by tube. I'm straight on, on the central line down to Stratford and then probably 10 minute walk from the st- through the shopping center or whatever way they, they direct us around. I'm going with uh, a couple of young fellas. Um, I'm going with, um, with Tommy Wilkins and Adam uh, it's all our first um, away uh, London derby game. Oh, actually, no, it's not my first London derby. I had Chelsea away uh, for my birthday and we got smashed 3-1. So I'm hoping for a good result against West Ham. Um, the lineup, I would expect um, I would expect to start with our usual starting 11 AOL, um, with uh, the exception of Ramsey or Shaka. I would lo- if if Ramsey's fit, I'd play Ramsey and Jack. If Ramsey's not fit, I would be playing Jack in his place. Yeah, it's a it's a tough one. I <clears throat> what are the chance? I mean, the thing that pisses me off more is the fact that West Ham's been struggling, and of course they get a huge win against Chelsea. The the weekend before they play us, I mean, could you? Which means they're going to be full of full of themselves with the best things to slice bread, you know, um, and singing their their bubbles and all, all that sort of stuff. I think the bubble will be burst on Wednesday. I hope so. I mean, Arsenal's away record to them is pretty good. The last time West Ham beat us uh, as the home team was 2006. Is that Harry Kane in the background? <laughs> yeah, he's moaning back there. <laughs> um, 2006, we lost 1-0 uh, away to them. Since then, we've we've won two, three, four, five, six, about seven, and drawn two. So, I mean, our away record is good against them. But, again, this is one of those matches where it makes me really nervous. What are you – Wasn't it 5 nil last year? Yeah, but it's different circumstance. And they were a better side last year than they are this year. They were, but again, they're coming into it with their chests really puffed up, having just beat Chelsea, new manager. We're going into it off of a fortunate draw, um, same manager. Yes, we're better than them on paper, but 
it's just it's one of these tricky fixtures where I gave I feel like it's going to be one of those karma matches where I gave my Chelsea friends a lot of shit for the fact that they lost to them this weekend and I feel like yeah. it's I'm going to have karma against me on Wednesday. I hope I'm wrong. Um I have an actual audit for work that um is not going to allow me to watch the match live. So I'm going to have to DVR it and watch it when I come home and avoid my phone and social media until I get home. So it's it's eight o'clock kickoff here. So the match will be 3 PM here. Um, my audits from two 30 to six 30. So I won't match. I won't watch it till maybe midnight your time. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to have to avoid social media for a while and hopefully it doesn't, I don't end up seeing the result because if I see the result, it, pisses me off and I don't enjoy the match as much but I'm hopeful that you, it's not one of those 11? Do you agree with what I, I said? I do. I think that Ramsey isn't going to play. I think okay. he's, I think again, just seeing how he was reacting on the pitch, I think he's going to be out. Um, in that case, I don't think he's going to sit Shaka. I think he should bring Jack in to replace Ramsey. So I think it's going to end up being Shaka and Jack. But I wouldn't be surprised if he – I wouldn't be opposed to if he used Jack and Elneny. Jack and Elneny. Yeah. Um, The front three you know is going to be the same. But the big point for me is going to be – one, does he give Koscielny a break because he just played against Southampton and he just he looked off of it considering he had a whole yeah, week yeah, to recover? As well, yeah. The other thing will be, I honestly think, and he's not going to do it, but I think he needs to bench Bellerin, and I it's think Debushi needs Debushi needs to come into that team again. I think we've rated him. I think we know what he's capable of. Yes, he's not as fast as Debush. Not he's not as fast as Bellerin. But if Bellerin wasn't as quick as he is, I think he would be miles away from Arsenal's first team. He's defensively, he wasn't great. He's not. He's never been great defensively. I've I've said that from day one. His strength. I I here before he couldn't cross himself in church. He's that correct. He his his strengths are his pace. He's able to get up and down the pitch, but but he's slowed since he got bulkier. Correct. And he grew his fucking hair out and his stupid mustache, although he got rid of his mustache recently. but I think the mustache might have been for Movember over here. We do a – We do too. Yeah. <laughs> but, it um, may well have been that. He, he just – he's way too much of a liability right now. And the only thing that saves him is his pace. He, he fucks up and he has the pace to be able to get back. And he has the pace to get back to make up for mistakes that – other defenders or other players make but overall i think he's he needs to take a seat on the bench and realize that he does not have an automatic starting role he needs to work for it he needs to earn it and if he doesn't want to earn it if he wants to fuck off and go to barcelona then so be it right but guess what barcelona just signed nelson smith from benfica this summer so it's more than likely that they're not interested in bellerin anymore if they weren't already so 
it's either he stays or someone else is going to have to come in for him. And apart from Barcelona, I haven't heard anyone else showing interest in him. I don't know if you've, if you've heard anything. No, I haven't. I've only heard the Barcelona links. And yeah. to be honest, uh, he's going to be pricey because he's a young lad and everything else. Uh, I, I don't see anybody else coming in with the money that uh, we'd want for him. And he hasn't warranted a big transfer, right? I mean, he's been he's been dreadful for me at least 12 months. I know that we had talked about it over the weekend and you had said maybe two seasons and I would, I would have to yeah. agree with you. He, he took the, to, took the league by storm when he first jumped on the scene and he kept Debussy out of the team and he played well and he, he worked at it and he's Debussy been Debussy was injured and we only had, who was, who was, uh, Jenkinson. Was, Jenkinson was, it? who's fucking, he's terrible. He's a local lad. He, he, his nan lives around the corner from me and he went to school about, 200 yards from me. Yeah, and I I mean, I appreciate the fact that he's a local lad. He's a true Arsenal supporter since he was a kid. But, I mean, that only takes you so far, right? I mean, I've I've liked Arsenal for so long and doesn't mean that I should be playing – in their team, right? I would love to. Yes. I would love to make make the money that Theo Walcott makes and play every once in a while. But that's just not how that's not how it works, right? Playing FIFA doesn't count. He <laughs> with his FIFA appearances. Yeah, on his wiki feed. And then, so, uh, what's then your what's your score prediction? I was thinking about this over the weekend, and I was thinking, I wonder if we're ever going to predict. Arsenal to not win. I feel like it's nope. wrong for us to say that they're not going to win. <laughs> I'll never predict us to lose. What's the point in going and screaming and shouting and supporting them if you think you're going to lose? Exactly. So, <laughs> this is. A, <clears throat> sorry, I have a bit of a cold. My, Man, my. Yeah, that's what that's what all the all the sirens were for. <laughs> yeah, they're coming to save me. Yeah. My, my head says. Arsenal ties two two. My heart, my heart says, Arsenal wins three to one. I'm gonna go with. Uh, this is tough. I'm gonna go with, just because it'll give me more interest in watching. I'm gonna have to go with Arsenal three to one. Okay, you're going Arsenal three one. I'm gonna go Arsenal five nil. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Let's fucking go. <laughs> oh, man. I will gladly talk about how you got three points for fucking gotten that one, right? <laughs> uh, and then the other game, which I'll definitely have to record, is uh, the, the Newcastle game uh, on Saturday. I think it's a uh, three, three o'clock kickoff. You won't be there? I will be there oh, okay. in, body, in body, but uh, as you can see on my notes on there, the AFF or the Arsenal Fans Forum, Chris yep. was pissed up is going on. Nice. <laughs> so we're meeting up for beers. It's, well, there's about know, everybody on the forum is invited, but uh, I, I sent invites out to about 50 of the guys. Uh, as I expect, most people have plans. So there'll probably be about 10, 12 of us that'll meet up and basically get shit-faced. So I probably won't see a huge amount of the game. I'll have no <laughs> voice um, and I'll have a hangover and I'll be talking absolute shit when I get home and my wife has to listen to me talk about their game. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. She'll, uh... and then, then fall asleep on the sofa. <laughs> <laughs> the... I mean, the positive that we <laughs> positive that we have going for that one is Newcastle hasn't been very good away from home this year. No, they haven't, have they? But the fat waiter, he always performs against us, doesn't he? I know. I fucking hate him, too. I remember when there was <laughs> people were talking about how he was being linked with Arsenal. I, I was so upset. 
thankfully it didn't turn out to be true, but I'm not not his biggest fan. But they've I think they've only won I think they beat Swansea away. Um, again, who hasn't yeah, beat Swansea? Sixteen drawn, two lost, two, isn't it? Yeah, they. <clears throat> yeah, their only win this season away from home was against Swansea in September. They lost to Huddersfield. They lost to Brighton. They tied Southampton. Lost to Burnley. Lost to Man United. Drew West Brom and just lost to Chelsea away from home. So, so they're going to smash us five 0 then, are they? Oh my God! How, what was that match? That we smashed them was it seven to three? Walcott scored a hat trick, something like that. Uh, I was I thought you were going to talk about the four four. No, it was, oh yeah, that was away at St James Park. Yeah. My friends will never let me live that one down. It was seven three. <laughs> uh, New, Newcastle. Yeah, Walcott got three. I was at that game. Oh, it was it was a good night. Yeah, I remember watching evening kickoff, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, it was. I, I'll never forget the goal that Walcott had when he he flicked the ball over the defender. He fell, slid on his knee, got up, and still scored it. But well, he, he's done that a few times. In fairness to the guy, yeah, <laughs> yeah. he got a hat trick. Giroud scored two, I believe. Uh, yeah, two. Podolski scored. Oxlade Chamberlain, that twat, he's scored. Is Lucas? 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 <laughs> he's stepping in. Podolski? Podolski? I loved him. Podolski. I was and upset we let him go. Him. <laughs> Did you see? Um, speaking of Lucas Podolski, he was at the weekend game between uh, Freiburg and Cologne. Did you see the? Uh, um, holy shit! He's a clone. He's a clone superstar, though, isn't he? That's what we. Yeah. We were singing his song um, at Cologne when we were at there. He was at the match, all right, and it was there was fucking snow everywhere. They had they had uh, people out at halftime cleaning the pitch, um, cleaning the line so it was visible. Cologne was winning three zero, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, they Freiburg brought got two back, and then made it three three in the 89th minute and won in stoppage time four to three. Oh shit! No, to go to a game—that's like amazing. And as a fan, if you're a Freiburg fan, jeez. Oh my god! It was snow. Yeah, so it was. It was three zero in the 29th, three to one in the 39th, three to two in the 65th, three to three in the 90th, and three to four in the 95th. Two penalties in the 90th and the 95th minute. Oh, how's that for a fucking match? That's a game and a half. Mind you, Cologne are screwed, aren't you? I think they're going to be uh, relegated. Hey, off, off the subject a little bit. Um, I know it's been cancelled for this year. There's no Champions League football this year, and there's some other teams playing around just you know to keep fit. Have you seen <laughs> that, that, that Chesney? Well, he's going to have a wonderful game against the adults that scum. Oh yeah. Yep. Versus Spurs. Oh, yeah. They want He'll he'll come up in the second leg. For a, for a corner, and he'll head the ball in. That's <laughs> not the Spurs out of the Champions League. <laughs> yeah, just a touch on the, that draw. Um, yes. So Juventus, Tottenham. I think we both agree that Juventus goes through there. Yes. Um, Basel, Manchester City. I feel bad for Basel. Basel. <laughs> Basel's going to get fucking smashed. They're not a bad team, actually. Yeah, they are going to get smashed. They are going to get fucking smashed. <laughs> Um, Porto Liverpool is uh, an interesting one. Come on, Porto! Hate the Scousers. I hate Porto. Sorry, I'm a Benfica fan, and literally my hate for Porto is more than my hate for Tottenham. That's how much I hate them. 
you better clarify that uh, Benfica because you're actually an Arsenal fan, aren't you? Yeah, so I'm my the two clubs that I support, Benfica and Arsenal, the only two clubs that I follow religiously. I don't miss a match. So for Benfica, our biggest rival is, I mean, we have Sporting Lisbon, which is same city rival. Um, but Porto's really been our biggest rival, just given the dominance they had in the 90s, early 2000s. Um, so I, I literally, even if it's a friendly, yeah. Well, we had Mourinho too. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. My what other English side? Sorry. So we got, we got uh, Sevilla, Man United. Come on, Sevilla. Yeah, I don't see Sevilla being able to pull that off. See, I, I, I don't get this. Like, uh, you've know from what I said there that I supported all the non non English sides. Um, I can't support another English side in anything except for Arsenal. Yeah, I don't. I mean, Portuguese when Portuguese clubs play in the the European competitions, and if it's none of the top, so if it's as long as it's not Sporting or Porto, um, I'm fine with supporting any of the other ones, just because again it puts our name on the map. Uh, it's good for them; they can get some money because I mean the apart from the top three in Portugal, the disparity is is much greater than it is in the UK. Right? You got teams in the UK who are in the championship who make probably triple or quadruple the amount of money that teams in the first division in Portugal make. With the TV deal that uh, came out a couple of years back, it made meant Bournemouth were the 20th richest club in the, in the, in the world. Yeah. So, so I mean, apart from the top two, I'll root for the Portuguese teams, but any of the top two, I hope they get smashed every time. So if it was Huddersfield or if it was some lower, lower yeah, I, I might do, but I can't. Any of the top five, six, I can't be. I can't. Yeah, I can't. I can't do I it. Even, yeah. I was even up for Germany, uh, uh, sorry, Munich in 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 '99 uh, when uh, when Man United were playing them. So, so next we got Real Madrid, PSG. That's going to be a good one. Uh, yeah, that's that's probably the, that's probably the the the, the best game or the best tire for all. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one to watch. We got Shakhtar against Roma. I think. Wouldn't fancy going away to Roma. No, I think. I actually think Shakhtar comes through. Yeah. Yeah, I think they'll they'll pull it off. They they got a Portuguese manager. He's doing well there. I've always liked the way Shakhtar's played football. I mean, they they have some pretty decent players. They got a lot of Brazilians. Yeah, isn't it? Is it? Where's the next? Is it um, Ukraine? Ukraine. Yep. Yeah. Probably February uh, as well. Yeah. Chelsea, like Chelsea, Barcelona. Olay. I, I hope fucking Barcelona smashes them. Yeah. Just because I got a bunch Excellent. of Chelsea fans in my group chat, and all I see is fucking messages about Antonio, Antonio, and it just drives me insane. So I hope they get smashed. And last is Bayern Besiktas. I feel bad for Besiktas. <laughs> yeah, I think they're, they're probably going to get a, a lesson in football from Bayern. Bayern yeah, for sure. Um, just to finish off the upcoming fixtures, what's your prediction for Newcastle? I'll let you go first. Uh, hangover. Um, no, uh, I'll go. <laughs> I'll go two nil Arsenal. Two nil Arsenal. Okay. I'm gonna go. No, 2 0 Arsenal. You've written on there 2 0 Newcastle. I know, but just so I can differentiate the. Uh... <laughs> just be Arsenal. 
I'm gonna go. Um, I think they score. I'm gonna go four to one. Four one. You've got no no faith in our defense at all, have you? I don't know what you do. I did until <laughs> Mustafi and Kosiani fucked everything up against uh, Manchester United. <laughs> do you reckon Mustafi's had all that glass removed from his ass where he lost his bottle and broke it? Yeah, seriously. Let's see if he comes back into the squad. Yeah, I haven't heard anything else about him. No, nor have I. He's just disappeared. Yeah, so. yeah exactly. So it'll be interesting so to know. We we're going to have a, a little chat about... Um, uh, Jack Wilshire. Yeah, um, let's uh, have a little bit of a debate. Love that. Um, I have some inside information that uh, a very close uh, per- person to me um, knows Jack, uh, Jack's uncle, and um, Jack's grandfather. He uh, he's originally from Hitchin. Is Jack? teaching that sort of way which is not too far it's about 45 minutes away from me here just outside London um, and uh, he was talking to Jack the other day and Jack was saying he doesn't know what he needs to do uh, to get into the first team squad he says trying hard in training uh, he's doing well in the Europa League uh, doing well in all the cup competitions but cannot crack the first team and ask what he's going to do in January he says I really don't know at the minute yeah, it's unfortunate. He's he's another one of those guys like Jenkinson who really bleeds Arsenal, except he's far superior player than Jenkinson is. Um, I, th- I think he's improved as a player in that uh, yeah, he's been out injured. Uh, he looked great. I first saw him when he was about 16. He played, I think it was Newcastle in the, in the League Cup. I went with one of my brothers and we watched it at Highbury. And he just looked outstanding. And my brother, um, who uh, he's a Man United stroke West Ham fan, uh, um, how you can do both, I don't know. But he leaves that next <laughs> The heart of West Ham land. Um, his brother-in-law is uh, West Ham, so his his uh, his son, my nephew, is a West Ham fan. So I think he just is a softball for West Ham, but predominantly is a, a mank. Um, uh, but I've totally forgot what I was going to say. What was I saying? I was rabbiting on. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we saw Jack play for the first time. My brother came along and said uh, uh, he looks like he looks like the mustard. He, he's future England captain, Arsenal captain, and I honestly do think he could be captain for Arsenal Football Club. And uh, given the opportunity, if Per's, uh, Per and Koscielny are on the way out, in my well, Per finishes at the end of the season, Koscielny uh, won't be far behind him. Jack can get into the first team. I think he should be made captain. He's the only one who you could see him. Uh, at half time, walking up to somebody going, Oi, sort your fucking self out. Drag players who aren't performing. He he wouldn't he would he wouldn't have any of that crap from from Sanchez. He wouldn't have any of that crap from Shaka losing the ball uh, and things like that. Yeah, he he I mean you can just see the way he carries himself on the pitch, uh his reactions at time. Yes, he's a bit hot headed, but <clears throat> I mean, we lack some of that at times. We lack someone that has that desire, someone that has that passion, and someone that we really lack a captain that will grab someone by the scruff of the neck and say, "Listen, you know, you fucked up. You need to fix it." And I love that. I love that uh, photo um, of him up against is it Olsen at West Brom? Yeah, and- <laughs> with twice the size of him. He's <laughs> at Olsen's belly button. He's looking. <laughs> But he's – I've been saying it for years, 
and I will continue to say it. If Jack Wilshere is healthy, if Jack Wilshere is fit, to me, he is not only one of the best in that position, which I think his best position is in the number eight or the number 10 role. He, to me, is the best English midfielder easily. I think he has the ability to win the ball back. His vision, I don't see anyone in the English national team that has the vision that he has. Um, He seems to be a bit more more composed now as well, because if you saw when he was in the team last, before he got injured, um, he seemed to be running into more. uh, He always runs directly at players but he seemed to be running into uh, injuries and running into problems and rather than trying to play the ball around and looking for an option he just got bulldozed through he, he, he seems a little bit more composed and, and seems like he's matured almost as a, as a player yeah well he said he had to, he said he, he changed his style of play which realistically he had to I mean Jack Wilshire had been tested in a deep role which I still see people on social media calling for him to play that role, but you can't. Jack Wilshire is capable of playing a defensive midfield role. The problem you run into is Jack Wilshire's mentality is he will not pull out of a tackle. He's not a player like Patrick Vieira, for example, or you know someone like uh, you know I can't even think of another style player like that, but someone that is capable of going into that tackle and coming out on top. More often than not, when someone like Jack Wilshire goes into a tackle, he's going to come out injured. And given his track record with injuries, that's why you can't play him in that yeah, deep yeah. role. Yes, he's capable of coming back and picking up the ball, but you can't make that his main priority. Because if it is, you're putting him in a position where he's more than likely going to get hurt. That's why I think he's ideally a number eight playing in maybe that Ramsey role or supplying the pass to supply the ball. Correct. So he can pick the ball up deep. He can create the plays. He has the ability to go at defenders. He's got, I mean, his feet, he's got such good feet for an Englishman. It's not very often that you see someone from England with such great feet. I mean, Sterling's got pretty good feet. Jack Wilshire has very good feet, and we saw it against Bate Borisov on Thursday. Again, in tight spaces, he's capable of making a lot out of nothing. Um, again, he, that's why I think he can help us in that number eight role. He can play in the number 10 role. Unfortunately, the way Arsenal plays, we don't really have a, a number 10 per se. He can also play in that front three. I think if Alexis gets yanked, um, Jack Wilshire has the ability to play in that front three role. He's He's got the vision. I've never, I've never, I've never looked at them as playing in the front three. I, I, I agree with you with the, the, the eight role definitely, and I also think he, he can do the holding midfield. But taking on board exactly, exactly what you said about um, running into injuries and get, getting himself injured. But um, if you see, there was one play in the the Bate Borisov match that highlighted my concern with Jack Wilshire, and he, it was late in this, I think it was in the second half. Yeah, it was in the second half. He picked the ball up about 25 yards out from goal. He went by a defender, took a heavy touch, jumped to, he lunged to the ball, got his toe on it and laid it off to someone else. I think it was El Nenny to his left, but it was a 50-50 challenge and the guy from Bate Borisov just came in and fucking crunched him. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that. But I that's the that. type of play that Jack Wilshire is used to and that's why we cannot afford to play him in a deep role because he's going to go into those, right? He's going to go into those and he's going to get smashed by... He's also going to give away silly red... Uh, correct. Fouls and red cards. He's, 
he's a guy that needs to have less of defensive responsibility and more of a here's the ball, come get this ball and carry the team forward. That's what needs to be his his main focus. And if it is, I think he can really help us going forward. You think the manager likes him. I think I think Wenger likes him. I think if he didn't, he wouldn't have stuck by him. I think he's a similar situation to Diaby, who still frustrates me because I think he was capable of being that player that we've been looking for for quite some yeah. time. Um, I think if Wenger didn't like him, I think he would have cut the rope a long time ago, given his injury record. I think I think the manager likes his talent and his skill, but I don't think the manager particularly likes what goes on around him fighting in nightclubs, smoking. <laughs> and, I, and I think that's together with some injuries and some other alleged stuff as well. Um, I think that's what he's keeping out. Keeping, God, I can't speak. Keeping <laughs> him out of the game now. I think he's paying the price now for his mistakes of, of, uh, of days gone past. It's possible, but I would have to disagree in a sense because, for example, we had Chesney who he he came out and said that it wasn't true. But, for example, he got caught in the dressing room apparently smoking cigarettes yeah, after a match, right? But Fanger clearly didn't have – as much, nearly as much patience with him because he shipped him right away, and then we sold him for something like 13 million pounds, which I still don't understand how the hell we sold Chesney for only 13 million pounds. But that's a discussion for another day. But I think that if he was at that point with Jack, he would have never loaned him to Bournemouth. I think that he would have just looked for a, a suitable um, buyer. He would have got what he could have, and he would have shipped him away. I think the fact that he not only did he take him back after he picked up the injury against Bournemouth, but Arsenal put a lot of money into his recovery. They sent him away to Dubai. I don't know if many people know that, but they sent him and they, I believe they sent there's, his... There's not so much booze out there. <laughs> yeah, they sent him and his missus, I believe she went as well, and they were out there for maybe two or three months and really put focus and resources and money into his recovery. So I think that says a lot about what their expectation is of him, what they would like to get out of him. Again, I think if they wanted to get rid of him, they wouldn't have done that. They would have just said, listen, it hasn't worked out. We'll help you find another club, but it's just, it's not working. Right. I think they do have a, a good vision for six, him. He's got six months left on his contract. He can actually do a deal with somewhere overseas if he wants uh, in January. And I think we need to sign him up on a new contract if we want to keep him. Yeah, I think we definitely need to sign him, and I think he's very much interested in doing that. We just need to make sure that we give him the comfort knowing that he's going to be part of the main squad, which I don't see how my friend was having. He's not going to do that if he's not going to get into the first-team squad and at least be playing in the first 11. Um, not week in, week out, but more often than Regular, not. Yeah. He, wants to go, he wants to go to the World Cup and he wants to try and get a place in the World Cup and he's not right. going to get that playing for the Europa League. And I think he's good enough. I think he's good. I think Martin Keown said it this week after the Bate Borisov match that Jack Wilshere is the only one from that B team that isn't in the first team that could break into it and 
I th- I think he's right. I think he he's he's played well enough. Again, he has that passion. He has that drive. He looks more comfortable on the ball, like you had mentioned. He just looks a better all around player than the last time he was at the club before Bournemouth. So, well, let's 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 hope he he signs a contract, eh? Yeah, I think if we give him the contract, he'll sign it. My question is, what the hell will the contract say? And hopefully it says the right things to persuade him. I mean, I don't think there's much persuading that's needed, but I think they just need to give him that comfort level. I don't think it's going to be about money. I think it's going to be more about um, just playing time. He want playing time. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, it was a good chat. It was. So we'll have to think about what we're going to do next week. Um, we'll have to get some, uh, if we have a Twitter feed, people. Uh, if we're at Guns and Ribbons. Uh, we've also got a Facebook page, which is uh, Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Um, uh, we've got in, in, info at gunsandyellowribbons.com, which is our email address. Uh, let us know what you think of the show. Uh, let us know what things you'd like to debate. Uh, we're always interested to hear. Here we've got quite a, a lot of good feedback. Um, so far um, which is quite quite nice we've also got a new jingle for you uh, which was done courtesy of uh, Alex Howarth Alex is a, an Aston Villa fan uh, but he also listens to the podcast so hello Alex uh, and thanks for the jingle hope you like what we do to it at the end yeah so just to uh, touch on that again if anyone has any topics we've had some feedback in the past anything you want us to discuss I'm sure with the January transfer window, there's going to be plenty for us to chat about and disagree on. (laughs) Um, But be sure to leave us your comments again on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, You can email us, join the conversation, uh, give us some added motivation to uh, do the podcasts, not just for us, but for you guys as well on a weekly basis. Just sitting in a room talking to ourselves on mic. (laughs) Yeah. We're the only ones listening to it. No, we had good, we had a, some good numbers on the last podcast. We had uh, people from across the globe listening to it. I actually, uh, I was looking at some of the stats and it actually tells you, it's unfortunate that iTunes doesn't give you the, um, the information that we would like to get in terms of, you know, how many listens. Yeah, I know. Um, but I was looking at the stats from it and it actually tells you, it'll actually even give you the information in terms of like what cities, uh, top countries, and one of the top cities now is London, and the second UK city is Hackney. I'm not sure where that is, but Hackney is uh, is East London, so it, it's uh, it's part of London. It's the East End. Oh, okay, yeah, we got Hackney, Farnborough, Birmingham. So, I mean, we're getting we're getting some uh, some people from uh, different areas, which is good. So again, be sure to share your comments your thoughts if you disagree with us let us know if you think we're idiots let us know if you want us to talk about something let us know if you want send santi a message let us know i'll i'll share it with him although he might not understand this impression of harry kane it is sounds just like him and Finally, uh, just before we go, if you do listen to it on uh, iTunes, uh, rate us and put a review in there if you like. And likewise on SoundCloud, if you just click on the little love button or uh, follow button, uh, we'd really appreciate the feedback. Agreed. And last but not least, I just wanted to thank those who've been listening to us and thank those who 
are going to start listening to us. And uh, it's been been good, Fergus. It's been good. Another good one. I think we can uh, put that one in the can, as they say. We're getting all these professional, uh, you know, uh, phrases we're learning about. You know, action, cuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, I think I need a beer. You know that? You do. Okay. Listen. Thanks very much, everyone. It's been great. See you later, Mike. See ya. Guns and yellow ribbons. Thanks for listening and up the arsenal.